0: No one's better than me. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Blow up. Yeah. Welcome to the Wednesday, June twenty fourth edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. The Dolphins went shopping themselves this offseason, and they went out and secured a gaggle of new defensive talent to play in Brian Flores' defense, and that is what the show today is going to be centered around. A few things about the defense specifically. Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, spoke with an anonymous Dolphins player and got his impressions on who the the team is going to be implementing as the base defense, the starting base defense. At least at the start of training camp, there is much that can change, right? But that player sat in on this virtual offseason, and based on his impressions, we got one point of view on who the Dolphins are angling to get the first crack to start. Once training camp opens next month. Uh, In addition, uh, we're going to talk about cornerbacks, specifically the Dolphins cornerback tandem of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Uh, This team came out swinging, adding talent across the board, but no signing bigger than that of Byron Jones, what his impact means for the Dolphins secondary, and how good of a cornerback tandem the Dolphins now have relative to the grand scheme of the NFL. So let's not waste any more time setting the table. Let's eat. Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald spoke with an anonymous member of the Miami Dolphins organization regarding the team's Zoom sessions and virtual offseason to get a feel for what the expectation is in the Dolphins building for how they're going to construct their starting defense. According to the player that Jackson spoke with, Shaq Lawson, Devon Godshow, and Christian Wilkins are generally considered the starting down linemen, whilst Vince Beagle, Kyle Van Noy, Raquan McMillan, and Jerome Baker are considered to be the Dolphins' starting linebackers in their base 3-4 defense. Of course, behind them, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Bobby McCain, and Eric Rowe round out the starting eleven but look for the Dolphins to implement a lot of nickel and sub-package defenses so you won't see too much of this base 3-4. Now, of course, it is still very early in the process Aaron. there is much that is still subject to change regarding the Dolphins and personnel and who ultimately gets the call, and one of the surprise leave-offs of this potential starting base 3-4 defense for the Dolphins is Emmanuel Agba, the uh, former Kansas City Chief and Cleveland Brown, who signed a a short-term deal with the Miami Dolphins this offseason. Would not read too much into it at this point in time, though, mainly because uh, the the Dolphins are going to be implementing a lot of defensive rotational talent, right? They're, they're going to get a lot of guys, a lot of snaps. I would not expect the Dolphins to trot out the same three down linemen and have all of those guys play 850, 900 snaps throughout the course of the year, so... You know, maybe Shaq Lawson takes 600 snaps, and Emmanuel Ogba takes 450, and uh, Christian Wilkins is probably going to be the exception here. He's probably going to be the defender that's on the field the most because he's the most versatile guy. The NFL is a more-you-can-do league. The more you can do, the more impact you have, the more you're going to stay on the field. That's why you see players like Raekwon McMillan get taken off the field and obvious passing down in distances. Just because it, it doesn't make sense from a personnel perspective to keep that guy out there if a team's going to be running a lot of 11 personnel and stretching the field against your defense. So the big surprise out of that group is hearing that Vince Beagle is generally considered to be in a starting role. Uh, A lot of people would have assumed that the Dolphins would take Emmanuel Agba and play him at Lawson's spot at defensive end, and then take Shaq Lawson and play him as the other outside linebacker, to give you a, a pairing of Van Noy and Shaq Lawson as your 3-4 outside linebackers. And it, it sounds as though perhaps they, the Dolphins are higher on Vince Beagle and what he brought to the table throughout the course of 2019. And Vince Beagle does deserve a tip of the cap because he came in late in the process. He was traded for by the Dolphins in a straight-up swap of linebacker Kiko Alonso with the New Orleans Saints. And Vince Beagle had the most quarterback hits of any pass rusher on the team last year. He started 10 games. He earned himself a second season in Miami after bouncing around between a few teams throughout the early portions of his career. And he kind of profiles as a player who is probably going to have some sticking power as a early down and blue collar defender. You think about the Patriots and some of the guys that they had, Rob Ninkovich, John Simon, who's been with the Patriots the last two seasons and enjoyed a career year with the Patriots in 2019 this past year. This model of defense that Brian Flores came up through has been very reliant on these kind of face in the fan, fearless, gritty, high-motor, but not super-dynamic edge defenders on defense and Vince Beagle has the opportunity to become that guy for the Miami Dolphins. If he indeed ends up coming out in training camp amidst all this new talent that's been introduced to the roster and still locking down a starting role in the base defense. And if he does that tip of the cap to him, but the longer he stays, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. The longer Vince Beagle sticks The longer you expect him to stay, because he's just going to continue to ingratiate himself to this coaching staff with his style of play, the energy that he brings to the field. Uh, So a low key surprise coming out of this story from Barry Jackson, finding out that uh, at least one Dolphins players that sat in on the uh, virtual offseason and Zoom meetings feels as though Vince Beagle is aligned at this point in time to go out. And if he executes, secure a starting spot in the base defense. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been selling auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. So whether it's your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your front door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Switching gears to the secondary here for the Miami Dolphins. This cornerback tandem. Patrick Sertain, Sam Madison, that's the gold standard, right? That duo of cornerbacks was as locked down as lockdown gets. So much fun. I remember I was still a very young fan, but I was old enough to remember those defenses. And Man, if the Dolphins can get anything close to that out of what they have in place now, they're going to be in great shape. Uh, The Dolphins attempted to replicate that pairing with the selections of Vontae Davis and Sean Smith, which had mixed results, ultimately didn't last that long. With a little bit of luck, we get a a longer stretch out of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, although Xavier Howard's knee is something that we're going to have to watch uh, in the long term. Obviously, the the issues that he's had here now, uh, three and four seasons? It's something to be mindful of. Uh, But a lot of the Dolphins fans that I've spoken with, uh, since taking over Locked Dolphins, they, they've they wanted to know, you know, is Xavier Howard a long-term piece of the puzzle? Is he more of a short-term? Can they trade him? What could they get for him? So on and so forth. Let's worry about this year here and now first, right? Because the Dolphins, with this pairing, have one of the top five cornerback duos in all of football. And they might have the deepest cornerback group of anybody in the NFL. When you think about their top to bottom and what they have. With, if you're including the safeties that they have on the roster that have had a ton of corner experience in Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain. Nick Needham. Cordrea Tankersley, who also got a shout-out in uh, Barry Jackson's article from the Herald uh, talking about don't be surprised if, if Cordrea Tankersley makes a push to make the roster even though he hasn't played an NFL game in almost two years. It'll be more than two years by the time he gets back on the field. But let's start with the top two. Byron and Xavier. How many teams in the league do you think, off the top of your head, can hold a candle that pairing? I came up with three. Three groups. And one of those uh, was created this offseason. The New England Patriots are one. Stephon Gilmore is the NFL's reigning Defensive Player of the Year. Devontae Parker did get the memo. That's okay. Uh, they brought back Jason McCourty and J.C. Jackson, uh, who's through the first two years of his pro career and has consistently given up like very negligible quarterback rating. Gilmore and McCourty is a one-two punch. I believe I read McCourty only gave up ten completions that were for first-down conversions last year. So if you be, if you beat the Patriots last year, you either had a guy like Devontae Parker who went ape shit nuts on Stephon Gilmore, or your linebacker or your tight ends were beating up their linebackers in coverage and safeties in coverage because they they are locked down in the secondary. Gilmore and McCourty, if I were to just put them as a top two, can give the Dolphins a run for their money. The Baltimore Ravens, this one was. Created not that long ago either. Uh, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters as a one-two punch. This one's pretty interesting because Humphrey, athletically speaking, reminds me some of Byron Jones from his stature, and Marcus Peters reminds me some of Xavier Howard, and that both of Howard and Peters, they are ball hawks. They get a lot of production on the ball, but they get a lot of production on the ball at the expense of when they bait quarterbacks. Sometimes they bite off just a touch too much, and uh, they they give up some scores, too. Uh, so I look at the Ravens' one-two punch at the corner position, and it's it's probably the most directly comparable to what the Dolphins have from a strength uh, and skill set perspective, which is not a bad thing. But I do think that group with with Peters and Marlon Humphrey could give the Dolphins a run for their money. Uh, the L.A. Chargers. This is the one that was the, was created this offseason. They had Casey Hayward Jr. and they had Desmond King, who's more of a nickel guy. But they added Chris Harris from Denver this offseason, which is a scary proposition to put in that secondary. So that Chargers one-two punch of Hayward and Chris Harris and the Desmond King now playing in the Nick might give the Chargers the best one through three punch. If I stacked all four of these up, the Patriots, Chargers, Ravens, and Dolphins, how would I rank them? I would probably honestly put the Dolphins fourth, and the reason being is they haven't played on the field together at all yet. At least Casey Hayward and Desmond King, those guys have some track record, but two of the three Dolphins corners in Igbo and Byron Jones haven't played a snap, and Zavian Howard missed like 12 games last year. So for those reasons, I think that the lack of continuity puts the Dolphins at fourth. But I think their one-two punch compares very favorably Marlon Humphrey. I think their total depth when you go, when you consider the entire corner room of Byron, X, Igbo, McCain, Rowe, them I think that group of six is probably the deepest one through six of anybody in the league. So they got depth, which is good because the Dolphins are going to use it. We, we talked about that as far as the implementation of Emmanuel Agbo earlier in the show today. It's just as far as from a rotational perspective, keeping guys fresh is going to be paramount, especially when you play in South Florida, right? So having guys who could stay fresh, We're going to have fresh legs. We're going to move a half step faster than the opposing team if they don't have the depth to run with you. Or you're going to give up talent to get a fresher body on the field. I like this blueprint for the Dolphins, I really do. And for them to have gone from, by the end of the year, starting a bunch of street UDFAs and street free agents to suddenly having the depth that they do in the secondary is no small feat. I'm excited to see it come together. I'm also excited to head down to my office anytime I need to. Grab myself a Built Bar. You knew this plug was coming today. Come on. Built Bar is a protein bar that eats like a candy bar. Whether you're looking for a meal replacement, post-workout meal, just a snack throughout the day, Bilt Bar can be that solution for you. These things are delicious, dark chocolate, natural flavors, They've got between 110 and 150 calories a piece. And they've got one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your standard protein bar. So not only do they taste great, they're great for you. And right now, BuiltBar.com has a 50% off sale throughout the entire site right now. So you can swing over. We've talked in the past about a promo code with LOCKEDON. Right now, there's an even greater opportunity to save than what that promo code would have afforded you so swing over to builtbar.com check out the inventory check out the flavors find out what all your fuss is about and save up to 50 percent off right now
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: I will leave you all today with an observation that I have regarding uh, some potential signings for the Dolphins. You know, whether it's Jadavion Clowney or Larry Warfer or Logan Ryan, Jason Peters, uh, These questions, I continue to get these questions, and and I've asked myself these questions as well, but as you assess the the landscape of the NFL, as you assess the dolphins salary cap situation and their the life cycle this team is in. Let's lay it out. Okay, so Barry Jackson in his article spotlighted that the Dolphins are sitting right now at approximately twenty and a half million dollars. After they sign Igbo and Robert Hunt, their two outstanding rookie contracts yet to be signed, both top 40 picks, the Dolphins will be down to about $17 million. After that point, uh, they'll need to populate their practice squad, which will equate to, according to Jackson, another $4 million, which means Miami will enter the season with approximately $13 million in cap space. Enough to bring on Larry Warford at $7 million a year. Jadavion Clowney. At a discounted rate, Logan Ryan at a discounted rate. Jason Peters on a one-year, 5 or $6 million deal. Financially, they could do one of those things. But when you think about the current coronavirus pandemic and the unknown that the NFL is facing as it pertains to fans in the stands and ticket sales and what that's going to do to the salary cap... We've gone over the salary cap on this show before, and the Dolphins are going to have about $55 million in cap space. But the nice thing about the NFL salary cap is if you don't use it, you don't lose it. You can roll it over. So the Dolphins could theoretically take the $13 million or whatever they end up not spending in cap space this year if there's injuries or things of that nature, and roll it over to 2021's cap space and buy themselves an extra bubble as insurance for if the salary cap is reduced by a significant amount in 2021. And one of the things that Grew's done really well thus far is his, in his tenure of the unquestioned leader of the Dolphins is manage money clear the books, give out good contracts to make sure they're not overextending themselves in guaranteed money, and they're, they're setting themselves up for flexibility and success with the cap space, uh, not just this year, but in years future. And to mortgage that positioning and flexibility for a one-year deal for a team that's in year two of a rebuild regardless of the fact that my expectations for the team are about a 500-football club, and then some people have even higher expectations of that. And I'm sure you ask anybody in the Dolphins organization, they're going to say, well, our objective, our goal is, is one game at a time. We're going to put as many strong performances as we can, and we, we think we can win the AFC East. Why not? Why not us? They should feel that way. But in the grand scheme of things, this build is a long-term build. And if this was a normal year, then yeah, it'd probably be a lot easier to say, yeah, we'll bring Logan Ryan in for 7 mil and we're going to have the best top-to-bottom secondary in the NFL. But they've already got a damn good one, and they got a a lot of young players that need snaps to get on the field. And the Dolphins... And us as fans, we're going to have to understand there's going to be some painful, growing pains that come with getting all these young guys on the field. But because of the questionable future of the 2021 salary cap and the unknown impact of a potential loss in revenue sharing and what that could look like for reducing the salary cap, the Dolphins, looking at this through a long-term view, in my belief, are probably going to be better off. So... When it was first announced that Larry Warford was cut, I'm like, oh yeah, sign that dude. Well, as it becomes more apparent that Logan Ryan's gonna continue to linger here on the market because he was hoping for a bigger deal than what he got last year, or bigger bigger salary than what he got last year. And he didn't make the first wave of signings and he continues to linger and it's like, all right, well, he's gonna have to sign somewhere. Like, we might be able to for cheap. They're all attractive ideas. But at the end of the day, because of the cap, because of the long-term implications of the cap, because not not feeling as though the Dolphins should be restricted in their ability to add premier talent that can be a long-term piece of the puzzle next year or prevent them from retaining any of their own talent next year. We don't want to get into, okay, we're going to start restructuring deals and pushing back guarantees. We don't want that. That's what Mike Tannenbaum did. It didn't work. So as hard as it is for me to kind of come to terms with, I believe I'm going to put my flag in the ground and say the best thing the Dolphins can do for their long-term forecast is take advantage of this $13 million buffer or approximately $13 million buffer that they're going to have in 2020 and roll it over. Protect yourself even more from a cap reduction so you can take extending players in stride. No questions asked you want to extend Raquan McMillan, or you want to extend Devon Godshall? Extend him, and there will be no negative implications for if the salary cap is reduced. And then you get to the next offseason, and if guys are available, guys are hitting the market, you want to sign a Juju Smith-Schuster, if he hit the market, you can take that signing in stride as well, because wouldn't you rather have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's going to be, I think, twenty-four next year, wouldn't you rather have Juju on a four or five-year deal than pay Jadavion Clowney ten mil for for this year on a one-year deal or Larry Warford for two years as a guy who's getting close to the wrong side of thirty? Long-term view benefits Dolphins. Stand pat, take advantage of your buffer, and use it next year still really tempting now to say, let's sign Larry Warford. No, isn't it? I won't be mad if it happens. But I do think I'm ready to accept the best long-term resolution for the Dolphins is not to do it. Kyle Krabs signing off. Locked on, Dolphins. Really appreciate your listenership. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been a good week thus far. We got two more shows this week to look forward to. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs signing off. Hope to see you guys again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your hump day.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft.